You are Locked On Patriots, your daily New England Patriots podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to all of you Foxborough faithful. You are now locked in to the Locked On Patriots podcast. And here today on the pod, we are getting you ready for game day, preseason game two, here on your daily home for news notes and analysis, infused with the occasional opinion on your six-time Super Bowl champions, the New England Patriots. Locked On Patriots is presented today by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Go to rockauto.com today and tell them Locked On sent you. Greetings and salutations, Patriots Nation, and thank you for joining me here on this preseason pregame episode of the pod. My name is Mike DeBate, and I cover your New England Patriots for Patriot Maven of Sports Illustrated. I am also your host of the Locked On Patriots podcast, which, of course, is a proud part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And folks, because it's your team every day, that means your questions, comments, and feedback are always welcomed, very much appreciated. So share that feedback, send it to the internet by reaching out to me and following me on Twitter at M-D-A-B-A-T-E-N-F-L. And while you're out there doing some game day gandering through the Twitterverse, please be sure to follow the Locked On Patriots account as well at L-O underscore Patriots. Pats fans, your New England Patriots are set to take on the Philadelphia Eagles in the city of brotherly love. Thursday night, 7.30 p.m., Lincoln Financial Field in Philadelphia. Patriots take the field for their second of three preseason contests. And the Pats are 1-0 right now in the preseason, having defeated the Washington football team 22-13 last Thursday in Foxborough. And, as usual, all eyes will be on the quarterback position. How many snaps will Cam Newton and Mac Jones respectively take? There will also be quite a few sharp eyes on the running back position. Damian Harris, Sony Michelle, Ramondre Stevenson, all expected to see notable snaps on Thursday night. And, of course, the depleted tight end core of the New England Patriots. Right now, Devin Asiasi is the lone healthy tight end ready to suit up for the Pats on Thursday. Does that mean extra snaps at the position for fullback Jakob Johnson or maybe even wide receiver Nikhil Harry? Folks, the Patriots have a lot of decisions to make on offense, and Bill Belichick, Josh McDaniels, and the Patriots' brain trust will certainly be busy putting together schemes and installations for this one. On the defensive side of the ball, this will be a great test for New England. Philly has a pretty stout running game, decent receivers, and Jalen Hurts has been playing very well at the quarterback position. The Pats revamped front seven, along with a very much improved linebacking core, and of course the defensive backfield will be put to the test. But the Pats are not exactly coming into this one unprepared, folks. For the past couple of days, they've been holding joint practices along with the Philadelphia Eagles at Philadelphia's practice facility. And although yours truly and Locked On Patriots were not on hand for these joint practices, today here on the pod, we have the good fortune of being joined by an eyewitness to Monday and Tuesday's joint practices in Philly. Evan Lazar of CLNS Media joins me here today on the pod. 
And whenever Evan is on the hot seat, it's always informative. We will discuss our camp observations so far, and Evan will provide his expertise on exactly what he's observed from the Patriots and the Eagles in Philadelphia and what we can expect to see on the field Thursday night when the Pats take on the Eagles in preseason game two. Once again, a full agenda taking you right up until kickoff. And without much further ado, Evan Lazar of CLNS Media will join me here on the hot seat to preview preseason game two, Pat's Eagles, when the Locked On Patriots podcast continues. Locked On listeners, get all the latest news, odds, and info for all of your sporting needs, including Major League Baseball, the NBA, NHL, all of your UFC MMA action, and of course the NFL with the only place that has you covered and the only place we trust. Bet online. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Before the start of your next favorite sporting event, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the greatest sporting news, sign up bonuses and contest information. You can track all the action at Bet Online. Head over to the website at betonline.ag and sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code Locked On. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the action. Head over to their website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code Locked On. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Locked On listeners, Built Bar, the most delicious, healthy protein bar you've ever tried, has so many delicious flavors. There's something for everyone. And when you talk to a Built Bar fan, and I have folks, believe me when I tell you, there are a lot of you out there, they are passionate about their favorites. If you don't know about the Built Bar flavors, well, you're missing out. But the best part of Built Bar is not even just the delicious flavors they provide. It's the fact that in addition to them being delicious, they're also one of the most healthy treats available today. Each Built Bar has between 17 and 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180 calories per bar, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty, and all healthy. Flavors like coconut, cherry barcia, love that name, mint brownie, double chocolate, cookies and cream, and so much more. When you want a treat that's not only pleasing to your palate, but also great for your health, don't delay, do it today. Make Built Bar your go-to protein bar right now. Visit Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Patriots fans, your New England Patriots continue their march toward preseason game two. This Thursday, 7.30 p.m., Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Lincoln Financial Field, Pats and the Eagles getting set to do battle. Well, all right, preseason battle, folks. Bear with me here. <laughs> but at the same time, the Patriots have also wrapped up two days of pretty intense joint practices with the Eagles in Philly. And we've tried our best here on Locked On Patriots to keep you updated on the comings and goings and things that have been going on down there in the city of brotherly love. Well, today here on the pod, we're taking that level of insight and intuition up a notch with someone who has eyes and ears in Philadelphia this week. Luckily for us, my guest today has the answers you're all looking for because he is one of the very best in the business when it comes to film breakdown, play-by-play analysis, and comprehensive team coverage overall. This man is second to none. He is the Patriots beat writer for CLNS Media and the co- one half of the co-hosting tandem of Patriots beat 
alongside 98.5 The Sports Hub's Alex Barth, another great friend of the program. Evan Lazar is my guest today. Evan, thank you for joining me. Welcome back to the Locked On Patriots podcast. Thanks for having me, Mike. I'm always happy to be here. Oh, great. And we're always happy to have you, my friend. And especially today, not that we are not in any other time, but especially (laughs) today when the Patriots are wrapping up or have wrapped up two days of pretty intense joint practices down in Philadelphia. Evan, you were on site for both days, Monday and Tuesday. And I guess we'll start with the obvious point of reference that the Patriots fan base is enamored with, and that's the quarterback situation. All eyes are always on the quarterbacks, even though there are a lot of great positional battles and stories coming from camp. People want to know who's got the upper hand. Is it Cam Newton? Is it Mac Jones? We've covered uh, a few uh, training camp practices and preseason games at Gillette, but this week really I think was – In my opinion, joint practices are really the kickoff of preseason. It really gives teams an opportunity to see different schemes, get a chance to practice against each other, and really get a chance to see what some other teams might bring and how they can react. In your opinion, watching both Cam Newton and Mac Jones this week, what are your takeaways from their performances in these practices, and what's that going to mean potentially for the Patriots, not just this week against Philly, but potentially into this regular season, which is not that far away? Yeah, I would say first and foremost that neither quarterback, Cam or Mac, had a particularly dominant two days of practice where I would say this guy clearly had the edge or this guy clearly moved the needle towards his direction. Monday was an up and down practice for both Cam and Mac. Tuesday was a very seven on seven red zone heavy day. So a lot of passing in the red zone and both guys were pretty sharp. Mac did have the interception, but it, it wasn't any throwing between the twenties. And I think the one thing that I would point out is the mistakes that we're seeing from Mac Jones are not, accuracy issues, arm strength issues, physical problems. They are some mental issues, I would say, in terms of forcing the football into coverage down the field and maybe not fully understanding what it means to be open in the NFL versus what it meant to be open in the college at the at Alabama. Now, he played in the SEC. We, all, we know all about the supporting cast argument and the fact that he was surrounded by a ton of talent, but I would say – Still, it's a pretty significant step up in competition coming from the NFL to college, even coming from a place like Alabama and a conference like the SEC. So what we're seeing on Monday with Mac was two deep throws to Gunnar Oshevsky and Christian Wilkerson, where he threw the ball into the safety rotation, into the post safety, and probably made a better pass to the safety than to the receiver. And Gunner and Christian Wilkerson had to turn into defensive backs and break up the pass from the DB to make sure that it wasn't intercepted. On Tuesday, he was intercepted by TJ Edwards, the Eagles linebacker, on a throw for Devin Asiasi up the seam that never really stood a chance. So just kind of learning those passing windows is important for Mac, but At the same time, I wish I could sit here and say that I think Cam Newton has improved leaps and bounds from last year. I think you see improvements on the margins from Cam, and there are still a lot of mistakes from him in terms of holding on to the football in the pocket and also putting the ball up for grabs as he did uh, three or four times in Monday's practice. And the one thing that you notice definitely with Cam is when they're in the red zone, and it's a compact area, and they're forcing him to throw the ball quickly, 
then he is a lot more in rhythm and on time passer. And he was on fire at one point yesterday. He had three or four really good throws in a row. He had completed 13 out of 15 of the passes overall and had a much better day. But when they get out in between the 20s, you see some of that stuff from last year start to creep back into his game, holding on to the football in the pocket, being indecisive, not knowing exactly where he's going with it, things like that. So I wonder if in the red zone, his hand is forced a little bit to react faster and play faster because you don't have the luxury of holding the football and waiting for routes to develop down the field because you're working in such a compact area. But basically my main point was kind of explaining both sides of it is Mac is making mistakes in terms of decision-making that you would expect out of a rookie quarterback that's 15 training camp practices in and one preseason game in. And Cam is making mistakes that you still kind of see some carryover from his struggles last year. So ultimately, whether it's week one, week five, week eight, it does feel like the pendulum is swinging towards Mac Jones being the starter sooner rather than later because he runs an offense that's on time. He's an accurate quarterback down the field. A lot of the things that he has been advertised as from Alabama are carrying over into these NFL practices. And eventually he's going to figure out the rookie mistakes and he's going to iron those things out and make better decisions with the football, throwing it down the field. And then he's going to really, solidify himself as the starter for the Patriots so my my pendulum is definitely swinging heavily towards Mac Jones because it does feel like he is going to be the better fit for Josh McDaniels's offense sooner rather than later and he might already be the better fit and as soon as he gets some of those rookie errors out of his system then he's really going to hit the ground running yeah, and I think that's great insight, especially over the course of the last couple of days, because it's so easy to fall into a trap of saying, oh, well, this player had a great practice today, or this player looked great in 11-on-11 drills down the stretch, and all of a sudden start to um, use that as a barometer as, in terms of as who's ahead. And I asked that question very similarly uh, you know, to you to open up our conversation today, and, and I think that is great insight. I also want to give you kudos on asking Mac about testing what he could get away with uh, i thought that was an excellent uh, opportunity uh, to hear what the rookie had to say and i was really impressed by what he had to say in response to that and saying that it's not so much that he's testing to see what he can get away with he's really just trying to learn the difference between nfl open and college open and there is a difference it may be minimal to the average fan when they watch but there definitely is a difference i liken it to an olympic runner that can tell you just exactly how much time uh, 0.5 of a second is in terms of uh, you know shaving time off or being ahead of uh, your competition it may be minimal it may be razor thin but there is definitely a difference and I'm glad that you made that clarification on some of the difficulties that Mac has had because if they're not mechanical or if they're not physical or anything of that nature arm strength things of that uh, that type it's definitely uh, an encouraging thing uh, moving forward with regard to Cam I think that's great insight as well there's definitely been improvement. I mean, we've seen that. He definitely looks a little more comfortable. Uh, Josh talked about this a couple of weeks ago where he's understanding the why now in terms of what he has to do, right. how he has to do, and where the ball and where he needs to be specifically to get the job done. He's looked more comfortable, but there are still the tendencies, and I've written about this uh, you know, several times over the course of the last couple of weeks. There are still tendencies for him to hold the ball a little bit. It does throw off the timing, and that's something that, you know, 
hopefully he'll you know be able to uh, uh, to adjust. But uh, great insight on Matt, great insight on Cam, and I thank you for that. We're going to stay on the offensive side of the ball for a second. Now, I'm actually going to go off script a little here. I was going to ask you something else, but I think this is a nice cadence in. Um, if Mac Jones and Cam Newton is positional battle one that everyone else is watching, Quinn Nordine and uh, uh, and uh, Nick Folk aside for a second, folks. Um, Nikhil Harry versus Christian Wilkerson is really becoming a very uh, strong uh, watch list item for New England Patriots fans as training camp progresses. Wilkerson really jumped out to a big type uh, hype train, I think, uh, in early camp. He looked good. He was working with the special teamers. Uh, he was creating separation, making, uh, you know, very impressive catches. It looked like he was really gaining some steam toward getting a, a, a roster spot and really, I think, challenging someone like Harry for maybe that fourth uh, spot on the Patriots wide receiver depth chart. He's cooled a little significantly over the course of the last couple of days, and I'll let you embellish on that in a moment. Moment. But Harry is intriguing to me. I actually wrote about Harry for uh, Sports Illustrated this morning uh, using the term Nikhil appeal, <laughs> depending on whether or not Nikhil actually has played his way into a roster spot with some very stout practices, but not a lot in terms of translating that into in-game action. When you look at both of these guys, Evan, I'm not going to put you on the hot seat and ask you who's ahead or can offer that if you want, but I won't ask you that. Uh, when you look at these two guys in terms of what they bring to the table, um, how impressed have you been with either Harry or Wilkerson, and what do they still need to bring to the table in order to earn that roster spot that they're both seeking? It's a tough call because I would say I've been reluctant about both guys going into training camp because I don't, I don't want to look too much into a handful of training camp practices. We have a decent sample size now, but I would say mainly with Nikhil Harry, you just, we haven't seen it translate, like you said, into a game, whether it was against Washington or in his first couple seasons in the NFL. So it's tough. You don't want to overrate what you're seeing at practice and all of a sudden start talking about how Nikhil Harry is going to break out and have be the first round pick the Patriots thought they were getting. And I don't know if that's what we're seeing. I think what we're seeing is that he's definitely more serviceable as a wide receiver on the outside. And I'll, I can get into some detail on that in a second. But I just want to mention with Christian Wilkerson, I also was reluctant to get on board the hype train because full disclosure, my very first year on the, or second year, maybe it was on the beat. The Patriots brought in Maurice Harris, who I'm sure you remember Mike. And he <laughs> had a great mini camp. He had a great first week of training camp. Brady and him looked like they were finding a rhythm. He was open a lot in practice. And then he just completely disappeared. And all of our eyes went from Maurice Harris to Jacoby Myers, right? And Jacoby mm -hmm. Myers ended up being the guy that was a legitimate NFL wide receiver, even though we were all hyping Maurice Harris early on in practice and early on in camp. So I learned my lesson with Maurice Harris that a few practices early on in training camp, spring practices during mini camp and OTAs, that kind of stuff can really be overrated. And I sort of learned my lesson then. And with Wilkerson, I've been – hesitant to kind of get on board I, I will say with him he gets open right and and he gets himself into positions to create targets and opportunities down the field but what has all of a sudden happened and I don't think that this was something that was really happening to him early this is I, I hate to use this word but it's almost like he has the yips right he he went from not he, he didn't he wasn't a great hands catcher he wasn't ever a great a uh, guy at the catch point but he was 
enough consistently enough catching the football and drops were not a major thing that we were seeing happening with him. Now he's just dropping every pass, almost not every pass, but you know what I mean? He's dropping a lot of passes thrown his way Uh, over the last two days in Philly. I think he dropped the combined four passes during both practices. So that's, problematic and if you're a guy that's going to try to make the 53-man roster and Alex and I on Patriot Speed have talked a ton about just the special teams ability of Christian Wilkerson and maybe he can be a Brandon Bolden type for this team right that plays a little bit on offense but mainly as a special teamer but can be a reliable fourth or fifth wide receiver if there's an injury and they need to put him in the game it's not a complete wash and Maybe he can still be that kind of player, but in order to develop into that kind of player, truly, he's going to have to get over the drops and he's going to have to learn how to focus and bring the ball in because there was a couple of instances yesterday and in Tuesday's practice, Cam Newton had him open on a dig route in the back of the end zone for a touchdown. Cam put it right on him and Wilkerson dropped the ball. No, no contest, no hand in there by the defensive back. It was a clean catch opportunity and he dropped it. The day before that, Mac Jones got into his two-minute drill, and he hit uh, Wilkerson on a glance route, like a five-step slant, and he was coming over the middle. He probably could have catched and run with it a little bit, and it would have been a great drive starter for that two-minute drill, and he drops the football, and that kind of put the entire thing behind the eight ball, right? And now you're in second and 10, and there was a holding call on one of the offensive linemen, so it became second and 20, and all of a sudden, Mac Jones is working from behind. So these types of opportunities that he's creating are great, but if you can't finish the play, then that's an issue, and I do think that if this continues for Wilkerson over the next couple of weeks, uh, Thursday night's game, the joint practices next week with the Giants, I don't think he is going to make the 53-man roster. And the reason being is that Nikhil Harry, even though it hasn't translated in the game yet, just has a lot more physical upside than than Christian Wilkerson. That's why Nikhil Harry was a first-round pick. And Harry on Monday when three and oh and one-on-ones and then he caught the touchdown pass from Mac Jones at the end of practice streaking down the left sideline and then he came back yesterday in red zone work and was a nice big body target for Cam Newton and Mac caught a few touchdowns just finding the soft spots in zone coverage and sitting down in those spots and making himself big and available to the quarterback so he's finding his way I, I'm not going to sit here and say that Nikhil Harry is going to turn into an a thousand yard receiver but could he be a serviceable number three or number four in this offense depending on how it shakes out with Kendrick Bourne and Jacoby Myers absolutely and I think that that's worth it to keep on holding on to Nikhil Harry to see if maybe the light has come on because he does have a lot of physical tools amazing insight Evan as always and I really want to give you major kudos on the Maurice Harris reference it's something that has <laughs> crossed my mind in the past but for you to articulate it and really put it into uh, you know context uh, I think is a great and apt comparison especially the fact that I do remember being at camp during that period and, and all the hype that was going on with Maurice and even writing about him on occasion uh, it really is something that does give you perspective and I agree with what you said on Harry look bottom line his abilities now especially knowing that he can take on a little bit more of a specialized role, not be counted on to have to be the number one in the wide receiver room, I think has loosened him up a little bit. We definitely want to see it in a game setting, and hopefully we'll see it on Thursday. And speaking of Thursday, folks, we are not done yet with Evan Lazar yet today because he always breaks the needle of wisdom and counsel whenever he joins me here on the pod. But folks, we're also going to take a quick look ahead to Philadelphia and Thursday night's game. 
What does Evan have his sharp eye on, and what can we expect in this contest? And also, we're going to pick his brain on another positional battle that got a lot of play this week. The Patriots' stout offensive line against that Philadelphia run defense. More with Evan Lazar of CLNS Media when the Locked On Patriots podcast continues. Locked On listeners, when it comes to repairing or maintaining your vehicle, why would you spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or a new car dealership? It's still possible to take pride in your ride and even save a little in the process. Visit my good friends at rockauto.com. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks, and they're delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and then choose the brands, the specifications, and here's the best part, folks, the prices you prefer. RockAuto.com's prices are always reliably low, and they're the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers just like you and me. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Make sure to put Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection. Reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Patriots fans, Evan Lazar of CLNS Media joins me here today on the pod, previewing the second preseason matchup coming up in Philly, Pats and Eagles on Thursday night. But Evan, before we get to your thoughts on what we can expect to see on Thursday, um, you wrote about this a little bit yesterday in your camp notebook about the Patriots offensive line having one-on-one battles with a very strong Eagles run defense. Their defensive line is one of their strengths. The Patriots offensive line is unquestionably one of their strengths. Uh, These two units going back and forth and at each other, I think is a great test for both units, especially knowing that the Patriots offensive line is being ranked so high uh, amongst uh, national rankings and national media members. So when you took a look at this matchup over the course of the last couple of days, First of all, do you think either side had an upper hand? And second of all, most importantly, what does this mean for the development of the Patriots offensive line as we move toward the season? Well, as somebody that likes the trenches battles, Mike, this was a terrific, terrific two days, right? You get the Patriots offensive line against Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham and Javon Hargrave and Derek Barnett and Josh Sweat. This Eagles defensive line as much as they have some holes in other areas of their roster might be one of the best in the NFL this year. Mm-hmm. And we also remember the 2017 Super Bowl. not that we try to forget it. A lot of us, but <laughs> uh, remembering that Super Bowl, the trenches was really the strength of that 2017 Eagles team, right on the offensive line and the defensive line. And they still have a lot of carryover at those two position groups to the team that we see now in 2021. So it was a true strength on strength matchup on day one on Monday. It definitely felt like the Eagles had the upper hand early on in practice on Monday. There was a lot of run game opportunities in 11 on 11s. And I think the Eagles came out hitting a little bit harder than what the Patriots were expecting for a practice. And they definitely hit harder and were more physical against the Pats and the Patriots would be against themselves in practices in Foxborough, obviously. So the Patriots 
didn't answer it very well. I didn't think on Monday they came back yesterday, a lot less 11 on 11 work, but in one-on-ones, they had some good reps, Shaq Mason against Fletcher Cox, uh, Brandon Graham versus Trent Brown went to Trent Brown. They were able to run the ball on the goal line late in practice. When they did get into some 11 on 11 stuff, they were able to push the envelope there. So I would say it ended up, being overall one-to-one, you know, and even wash day two definitely had less reps in terms of real live pass rush run blocking opportunities. So I guess maybe overall you give a little bit of the edge to the Eagles guys, but I think what you see with this Patriots offensive line, especially really on both sides, but on the right side, they're going to run behind Shaq Mason and Trent Brown when they get into short yardage situations. And that's going to be really difficult for defenses to hold up against that side of the line. When the Patriots have to gain a yard or two, it's going to be really challenging to be able to hold at the point of attack and not cave into Mason and Brown double team combination type blocks on the other side on when is obviously a force, but Isaiah Wynn is also a really solid run blocker as well. So they have tons of flexibility of which way they can, can go which i think is really intriguing as well it's not a lot of lines you have one really good guy on the left side or one really good guy on the right side and you tend to run behind that player or have that player as a puller most of the time but the patriots have the opportunity i think to run off the left side or the right side because they have two good guard tackle tandems on either side of david andrews so a really really good battle between those guys Early on Monday's practice, Fletcher Cox ruined the day for the Patriots quite a few times, but it did sort of even out as the two days progressed. And the one concern I would say that I have with the Patriots on the offensive line is they have seven guys that I think are NFL talent, solid type of players. You include that starting five with Justin Haran and Ted Karras. I think James Ferentz had a nice camp as well, and maybe he's the eighth guy, but he's more of a center-only type of player, so kind of have a tough time keeping him as a as a depth piece because he doesn't really move around much. So if you're looking for a concern, I would say that tackle depth is really not there right now, right? Guys like Yadni Kajus, Corey Cunningham, the rookie Will Sherman, they haven't really had great camps, so maybe that doesn't matter because they have Heron who's pretty solid. They have Michael on who can obviously kick outside to tackle if necessary. So that's four tackles right there with the two starters, but Brown's had some injury history. We obviously know about Isaiah wins injury history. Right. So if there is a concern, it's probably the fact that there are only seven, maybe eight rosterable offensive linemen, unless the team sees it differently than I do. I just don't necessarily see that group that I mentioned could juiced Cunningham Sherman really separating themselves and making them worthy of a roster spot. Yeah. And I completely agree with you. I'm very much like you. I really, I love the trench battles and watching these, uh, you know, units go back and forth because let's face it. I mean, you know, offensive skill positions and even some defensive skill positions, they'll get the headlines, but battles are won and championships are won on the lines. If you have stout line play on both sides of the ball, you're automatically going to be in a much better position than your opponents. And these two units going at each other. Thank you for the insight on that, because this is a great battle and a great test for both sides. And we'll see how the depth on the Patriots offensive line does shake out. Um, You know, roster cut downs are very, very close on the horizon. Uh, The Patriots have to cut down to 80 by next week. And then 
shortly thereafter, uh, they're down to the 53-man roster, and it's going to be interesting. You and I have both, you know, taken a couple of shots at it, as have so many of our colleagues on the Patriots beat. Not an easy task this year. There's a lot of uh, talent from top to bottom, and it's very difficult shuffling these players around and getting them to fit into one area or another. So Bill Belichick and the Patriots coaching staff have an undaunting task, um, you know, coming up for the next few days. And that leads me quite nicely into my final question for you, and that one area or one way, I should say, uh, that will help the Patriots make some of those decisions is watching how these players respond in a game setting in preseason games. And the Patriots do have their second preseason game coming up this Thursday against the Philadelphia Eagles. From a pure football perspective, when you look at this game, Evan, what are you looking to see in terms of development from some of the Patriots players? Uh, is there anyone on the bubble that you think really needs to step up and have a big game in order to remain in the hunt? And ultimately, uh, what should we expect to see uh, from both sides when these teams take the field on Thursday? Well, I've kind of gone back and forth on how much the starters are going to actually play in this game. Usually when you have joint practices, you don't necessarily play your starters a ton in the game because they got a lot of live reps during practice, but they did cut Tuesday's practice pretty short. It was only about an hour and 20 minutes, so maybe that is an indication that they're planning on playing the starters just a little bit. I Obviously, everybody will be watching the quarterbacks. Everybody's going to be wanting to see Nikhil Harry, but the one player that I think other than those two groups, quarterbacks and receivers, is Chase Winovich because... Winovich was late to the party, right? He just started practicing the other day. The Patriots signed Matt Judon, Kyle Van Noy, draft Ronnie Perkins, drafted Josh Uche last year. So there's a ton of competition at that spot. And those four players I just mentioned have played really well in camp and really well last Thursday night in the preseason game. So you wonder with Winovich, they obviously could carry five at, at that outside linebacker edge position, whichever you want to call it, but he's late to the party. There's some concerns about him as a system fit. I would say in Belichick's defense, just his ability to set the edge of the defense and be sturdy against the run out there. And you have four guys, Judon especially, but Van Noy and Uche who are going to play a ton of snaps as well. And then Perkins maybe is more of a developmental player, but will eventually, I think, be a factor in this defense. Is Winovich the odd man out here? And the pup designation was, I thought, a little bit precarious as well because he was out there in minicamp and then all of a sudden he wasn't out there. Right. And and obviously mm -hmm. that's how injuries work sometimes, but it took him a while to get back. That was not the indication that I got right before training camp started. It sounded like he was going to be back sooner rather than later. And it ended up taking longer than I expected. So it does feel to me like Winovich needs to hit the ground running, make some headway here and, and flash a little bit in these preseason games, or he's going to, potentially be a, a can a surprise trade candidate obviously he's not going to get cut he's too good of a football player for them to just release him but maybe he is a guy that they look at and they say well we got depth over here at edge maybe we get a corner in here maybe we get another offensive lineman or maybe we get another wide receiver whatever the case may be that they look at and say we need to solidify another spot and Winovich can be used as a trade chip to go to another team that maybe he's a better system fit for. For example, Philadelphia, right, where they run more of a 4-3 system that's a little bit more of an attacking system than what the Patriots like to do. They love their outside linebackers screaming off the edge. That's, that's their system. So maybe the Eagles – 
lights something that they saw in these couple of days of practices. Next week, they're going to practice with Joe Judge and the Giants, who obviously know a ton about Winovich as well. So I'm looking to see maybe if Winovich doesn't end up doing something really to solidify his spot on this roster, on this team this year. I would not be shocked if he ends up getting traded at the end of camp and you have a, the trade that I always go back to Mike is that a Jacoby Brissett for Philip Dorsett trade, right? Where mm-hmm. you take, you had too many quarterbacks, you take that and you trade them for a wide receiver because you needed wide receiver help. A, a trade like that would chase Winovich wouldn't shock me. Yeah. And I think on a lot of ways you make an awful lot of sense when it comes to chase. Uh, it has been a little bit of a difficult fit here in new England. And look, maybe he comes out, like you said, within the next couple of days shows that he's capable of playing in the type of scheme and the type of installations that the Patriots will, uh, you know, put forth this year. And it's all a moot point, but at the same time, if that's not it, and he is more comfortable in that type of four, three set, which honestly, it seems to be that way, then maybe it is a situation where Chase is, uh, uh, you know, better off in another environment. And I know that might anger some of the fan base. He's definitely a very, uh, you know, uh, he's a fan favorite without any question. He's a good uh, football at, player. He's a, he's yeah. really a good football player. I just don't know if he's a good football player for what they want him to do. Exactly. And uh, no question about it. I mean, no one is definitely questioning his uh, his abilities on the field or his athletic prowess or uh, the uh, the job that he would be able to do on a football field. But sometimes players are just, you know, square peg, round hole type fits in certain uh, systems. And maybe that's the case with Chase. But in the next coming days, we'll definitely find out what the Patriots think of him. And uh, I appreciate that insight because I think that's great. Uh, stuff to be watching for on Thursday night. Folks, he is Evan Lazar of CLNS Media. He definitely delivered and knocked it out of the park as he always does every time he joins us here on Locked On Patriots. I'm sure you are all following this man's wisdom in council, but for the benefit of our new listeners, please, my friend, let everyone know where they can find you, where they can uh, peruse your great work, and what we can expect to see and hear from the great pen and the great voice of Evan Lazar in the coming days and weeks leading up to the 2021 regular season. Well, I appreciate all the compliments as always, but uh, Easy Lazar on Twitter, you can follow me on there. And clnsmedia.com is where you can read me. And Patriots Press Pass is our YouTube channel. Please subscribe to the channel. As Mike mentioned earlier, I do the podcast with Alex Barth almost every day during the training camp and preseason time of year. We're going to continue it all throughout the season as well. So we'll have a preview show on Wednesday night for the Patriots preseason game. We'll have a recap show on Friday. And then whenever we're out there at training camp, we always try to do a show later that day as well to tell you what we saw. So a Patriots beat is on the YouTube channel as well as Spotify, Apple podcasts, wherever it is that you listen to your podcast, but make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Cause we have a ton of content that goes on there, both live uh, or not live necessarily, but down at Gillette when I'm down there or on the road with the team and obviously Patriots beat. Definitely. And folks, anything that this man puts his pen or his voice to or his image to, uh, I cannot recommend highly enough. It's always top notch content. You, Barth, all of those guys delivered such great content for Patriots fans. And again, folks, if you're not following Evan, you definitely should be. Do it today. You'll be a much better football fan and a much more informed Patriots fan. But what can I say? Thanks again for joining me here on Locked On Patriots. We look forward to talking ball with you again here soon as we progress toward the regular season. But in the meantime, continue to stay safe and well. And all the best. Enjoy the game on Thursday. And have a great week, bud. 
Thanks, Mike. Thanks for having me on. And with that, Patriots fans, it's time to get you ready for kickoff for preseason game two, Patriots-Eagles, 7.30 p.m. from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. But our coverage for the week here on Locked On Patriots is far from being over. Post-game reactions and so much more still to come. So, to ensure that you do not miss a single second of the action, download, subscribe to, and follow the Locked On Patriots podcast on platforms such as Spotify, the Odyssey app, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, just make sure that you are staying locked in to Locked On Patriots. Once again, my name is Mike DeBate. I thank my friend Evan Lazar of CLNS Media for stopping by for his time, his insight, and his appearance on today's pod. But most of all, I thank you so much for listening and for continuing to make Locked On Patriots a daily part of your New England Patriots coverage. Until tomorrow, Foxborough faithful, stay safe. Stay well, be the change you wish to see in the world. Have a great day, everyone, and enjoy preseason game two on Thursday night.